for some armor right now. You're right. We need backup. Yeah, a bunch. You know what? Is that? Yep. Welcome to this Comics on Consoles backup feature. I'm your host, Chris Clow, and I recently tried a demo for an upcoming game that I just had to tell you about. If you're as plugged into the comic book gaming world as I am, you know that the last couple of years have been something of a reformation for Marvel Comics-based video games in particular. It's hard to believe, but we're now nearly five years removed from the last time a new mainline Batman Arkham game was released by that series' original creators, and while fans and gamers are clamoring for news about what future that series has, if any, Marvel has been considerably stepping up their efforts to try and fill a void in the world of comics-based gaming left by Batman's exodus. The first major effort indicating this was Marvel's Spider-Man, published in 2018. A massive success, exclusive to the PlayStation 4, but reviving a lot of faith in Marvel gaming at large by employing a terrific, well-known development studio and a level of polish to a comics-based video game rarely seen outside of the Arkham or Injustice series. Last year, another major Marvel game with platform exclusivity was released in the form of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order, developed by Team Ninja and published by Nintendo exclusively for that company's current platform, the popular Nintendo Switch. While not nearly as much of a critical darling as Spider-Man from the year before, Ultimate Alliance 3 was certainly a successful game, reviving a long-dormant sub-franchise with a tone of accessible reverence to both the original source material as well as recent Marvel Studios films. Later this year, we'll have a major multi-platform Avengers game to look forward to from Square Enix and developed by Crystal Dynamics, and on multiple platforms for a change. Before then, though, a new PlayStation exclusive will aim to put us in the red and gold helmet of the old shellhead himself, the armored Avenger, Iron Man. Iron Man VR, developed by Bellevue Washington-based studio Camouflage and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment, was announced as an exclusive to the PlayStation VR platform in late March of 2019 and was slated to be released this past winter. The World Health Organization has declared the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. This move comes as the WHO reports some 120,000 cases in 114 countries around the globe. Cases have been rising dramatically in Europe, Iran, and the United States over the last 24 hours. Things looked a little dire for the game, though, when the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic took hold of the world and seemingly derailed the release of the game, along with pretty much everything else. After initially being delayed to May, Sony would later announce that the game would be indefinitely delayed, and the title was delisted entirely from the online PlayStation Store, with previously completed pre-orders being cancelled outright. In a post on the developer's website, Camouflage detailed that the pandemic's impact on the Seattle area has caused major disruptions to the studio and its development operations, but not before offering up some good news. On May 15th, the studio announced a new release date of July 3rd, 
and a couple of weeks later, an extended demo was dropped onto the PlayStation Store for free to show off all of the core gameplay features the full experience will have to offer this summer. I've just played it, and I'm kind of chomping at the bit to tell you about it. One of the first things right up front that should not be understated about Iron Man VR is how naturally the character and his capabilities translate into virtual reality. Watching any Iron Man or Avengers film probably makes this idea very clear, but when you first see the heads-up display of the unmistakable armor envelop your face for the first time, chances are that it'll feel perfectly on brand with Iron Man himself and will elicit your first thrill when you begin playing. The spirit of the characters is also very apparent in the way they're written and performed. The man himself is played by voice actor Josh Keaton in the performer's first turn as Tony Stark, but Keaton is certainly no stranger to superhero fans. Over the years, he's voiced characters across animation and other video games, including Spider-Man, Green Lantern, Red Hood, Captain Marvel, The Flash, Robin, Steve Trevor, Harry and Norman Osborn, Shazam, Nightwing, Aquaman, Electro, Blue Beetle, and Ant-Man. Keaton brings a natural swagger to the way he plays Iron Man, but he also brings a necessary sense of urgency to the more tense moments of the game that were glimpsed in this demo. He also, thankfully, isn't trying to just do a Robert Downey Jr. impression, which a few too many games have leaned on in recent years. For more on that, listen to Comics on Consoles issue number 10. The demo starts off shortly after Tony has walked away from manufacturing weapons and has begun devoting himself to being Iron Man. Putting the player in the armor around the same time that Tony himself first puts it on is a pretty natural step for this game's tutorial to take, and that tutorial is quickly followed by a time attack obstacle course outside Tony's oceanfront home in Malibu, California, to allow the player to learn the ropes when it comes to locomotion and combat mechanics. You may have a problem, Tony. Pepper, I have a lot of problems. I'm serious, you in this armor. Do I need to stage an intervention? Only if I start wearing it to bed. Where are you anyway? Look out the window. Oh, hi, handsome. Looks like you made some upgrades. One thing that I found myself really curious about in terms of the way this game would play has to do with flight. Such kinetic action and movements can be difficult to pull off in VR games, and while the publicity materials have emphasized that Camouflage tried to put a lot of concerted effort into making the feeling of flight as natural, thrilling, and immersive as possible, I certainly had my doubts. The feeling of flying in virtual reality isn't really something that can be adequately related to someone by talking about it, and even seeing footage of a VR game can only take you so far. For a true appraisal of how those mechanics work, there's really no substitute for actually playing it yourself. While I'm not usually prone to getting motion sickness, the only VR game that actually made me a little nauseous while playing it was Farpoint, a first-person shooter also for the PSVR. That game relied on an analog stick to move your character around, and I think the incongruity of just standing or sitting in the real world and walking inside a game world without having my actual legs moving 
just kind of screwed up my equilibrium. So, throwing flight into the mix of Iron Man VR seemed to me, on paper, to be a barf fest waiting to happen. Thankfully, the approach that the devs at Camouflage take is one that combines some of the movement options found in something like Batman Arkham VR and other shooters you can play in the format, like Superhot VR. Even then, that's just the beginning. The way that the game asks you to fly around is largely unique to the experience of playing this game, and relies perfectly on the repulsors and flight stabilizers built into Iron Man's armor. That's how it's done. What's next? Time trial. Mind if I watch? You know I work better with an audience. First of all, there are no analog sticks to be found when it comes to Iron Man VR, since the only controllers it supports are the motion-based PlayStation Move controllers. While moving your head in flight allows a very minor degree of movement while in motion, you actually have to rely on the position of your hands while you have the flight stabilizers engaged by depressing the triggers on the move controllers. Positioning your hands where appropriate and using your head for some additional guidance makes flight feel shockingly natural and intuitive. The movement mid-flight will also be very important to the game's combat. While you're taking fire from a series of Stark drones in different parts of the demo, using your hands positioning through the flight stabilizers to push yourself left, right, up, or down is imperative for dodging oncoming fire, but it also allows you to tailor the directions you try to reach around the map. The one thing that this flight system can't really accomplish on its own though, particularly if you're trying to zip around corners or give chase to an evasive target, is turning. While not quite as immersive as the regular flight controls, there are specific buttons on the move controllers which allow you to turn about 45 degrees with each press, either left or right, depending on which controller you're engaging. You can also tap both turn buttons to execute a single 180 degree turn for an instance in which you need to get out of a tight spot quickly. Each time you turn, the game's default settings see the screen black out for a split second before blinking back in your new direction, as opposed to showing you the swing of the camera to the new position. This is an excellent way to make sure that instances of disorientation are limited, at least for those who aren't already prone to discomfort playing in VR. The way that turning works can also be adjusted more specifically in the game's settings, so you might be able to fine-tune them even further if you may react differently to VR games. In terms of the necessary peripherals, the move controllers are aging, with their first having been released during the heyday of the PS3 back in September of 2009, my god, but they're serviceable as PSVR controllers, and they work reasonably well in Iron Man. Putting your hands at your sides and pressing the triggers on the controllers fire your flight stabilizers, and if your palms are pointing down at the floor, you can control your altitude. Moving your palms so that they're facing behind you and pulling the triggers pushes you into flight with forward momentum, while double tapping the triggers pushes you into a forward boost, increasing your flight speed. Let's start with boost. <laughs> that was wild! Iron Man's classic repulsors can be fired by hitting the big button on a corresponding move controller, and while you might think that you'd have to sacrifice movement for weapons fire, it doesn't actually work that way. If you're holding one hand in the flight position, and then move the other hand to fire a repulsor at a target, you still maintain your flight, but your speed seems to slow down a little bit. There's also a function that allows you to power up your flight boosters and pair them with a punch for a more devastating offensive attack. 
warm up the jets. I want to punch something. Fist rockets engaged. Time to throw a punch. Knock it! Just like Happy Hogan Tommy. After you learn all these basics, which are admittedly a lot, you finish the obstacle course, and I was very dissatisfied with the fact that learning all this took me over four minutes on my first try. Thankfully, you can replay this course as much as you like, and before long it became abundantly clear to me just how precisely the developers nailed the feeling of being Iron Man. After a few attempts on the course, I was bobbing and weaving using the turn buttons in mid-flight, popping off repulsor shots at targets and lining up my flight path by moving the stabilizers in the correct positions to get where I wanted to go. After giving myself a goal for time to reach, I was surprised at how much fun I was having by repeating the course because as worried as I was about a clunky control mess, I was having a lot of fun with each attempt. Eventually I got my completion time down to under a minute and was now pretty well sold on the concept of the game. While one might think that it would be more natural for weapons fire to be bound to the triggers and for the flight stabilizers to be bound to the big buttons, the choice made by the devs at Camouflage are actually perfectly logical. Using the triggers for constant momentum since you're likely to hold them down for longer while popping in and out of combat makes perfect sense, and this setup also allows your hands to travel as necessary over the different buttons on each controller to accomplish different tasks. It's a solid setup. Something about your surprise announcement caused quite a stir. Or don't you watch the news? Tony Stark, no stranger to stunning revelations, shocked the business world today when he named Pepper Potts the new CEO of Stark Industries. During a press conference, Mr. Stark admitted he had not informed Ms. Potts of his decision prior to the announcement. Perhaps you jumped the gun, sir. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. She's gonna thank me. I'm gonna kill you. After you've honed your skills on the obstacle course, the game then jumps forward five years and places you on a Stark Industries jet, talking to both Pepper Potts and your AI assistant, Friday. Before too long, the plane comes under attack by a mysterious villain who describes herself as a ghost, <laughs> and she sends hacked Stark combat drones, supposedly discontinued years ago, to attack the plane. Hello, Stark. Do I know you? I'm just a ghost from your past. Tony, look! Incoming! Time to die. They blow open a hole in the side, causing the briefcase containing the Iron Man armor to be sucked out into the open air. After Tony jumps out after it, an awesome scene plays out, in which you place your hands up as pieces of the armor rush to your body and start suiting you up in mid-fall. You also have to fire at debris in the middle of this, and after you're suited up all the way, you then make your way back to the plane to deal with putting out fires on its hull or unblocking a damaged aileron flap, all the while attacking drones as they continue their onslaught. Should come in handy. Debris, shoot it! 
Getting awfully close. Heads up! It is very evocative of the crashing of Air Force One as seen in Iron Man 3, though you'll only have to deal with one civilian rescue. After saving Pepper and repelling the drones, the main portion of the demo ends, but there are still a couple of things it has to offer before you should consider taking your headset off just yet. The first is an advanced combat challenge, which actually adds a couple of key weapons to your arsenal as you aim to take down five waves of increasingly advanced combat drones within a time limit of only a few minutes. The added weapons this mode brings are crucial to actually finishing the challenge even with seconds to spare, and allow you to destroy bigger lots of drones by using arm-mounted cluster missiles that can lock onto multiple targets at one time. Using the cluster missiles in concert with the advanced flight mechanics you've been learning along with the palm-mounted repulsors is, in a word, thrilling. It's a lot of fun to try and shave just a few precious seconds off of each wave so you can try and finish the challenge, and this is easily where I've spent the majority of my time with the demo. I can't stop playing it. The second mode is a racing challenge, putting your flying skills to the test to try and finish a course in Malibu as quickly as possible. While this is very straightforward, it does give you another opportunity to hone your abilities in flight as much as you can, trying out different combinations of stabilizer placement, boost usage, and how you should use the turn buttons. It's definitely a bit challenging, but is a welcome addition here, giving this demo a robustness that isn't often seen for modern video game trials, especially in the VR arena. If anyone had the misguided, preconceived notion that Iron Man VR was little more than a Marvel-flavored tech demo, this experience should absolutely change their perceptions. There's unmistakable substance to this experience. All in all, this is an exceedingly strong showing from Iron Man VR, and I'm very excited to play the full game when it's released in July. As someone who wasn't sure exactly how it would come out, I've now found myself immensely excited for what it looks like it's going to do, and it certainly seems to indicate that Marvel's gaming reformation is on track to continue in 2020. Here's hoping. And now we move on to the discussion portion where I'm joined by a longtime friend and supporter of Comics on Consoles, He's the curator of the web's definitive online shrine to Super Mario Brothers the Movie, the SMB Archive at smbmovie.com, a longtime contributor, reviewer, and podcaster at Batman on Film, and a game developer himself, serving as visual effects artist for Champaign, Illinois-based Deep Silver Volition. Mr. Ryan Haas is making his Comics on Consoles debut, but I assure you that his presence has already made a difference in this show thus far. Ryan, thank you for taking the time to join me here today. Wow. Thanks for that lovely introduction. Um, it feels like I've been on half the episodes just, and it, maybe that's a testament to, to the, your show. It's just, you listen along, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll play that. Or <laughs> I have opinions on that. Or, you know, I know Chris, I want to talk about video games and stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh, I can't, I, I'm so excited to be on the show and talk to you about games, game stuff. Well, it's long overdue. I assure you. I mean, you were always a part of the plan. It's just, 
I had trouble getting up off my ass to actually make episodes of this show. <laughs> well, and, I know how that goes. Right. Yeah. Well, and then I've confided in you, you know, that this is not the easiest show to produce under ideal circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, life happens, but we're getting back into it now uh, with a little bit more piecemeal stuff, not as fully featured as, uh, as the regular show, of course, but now you, you're going to say this, but, I I bet you this is going to be one of those Back to the Future things where it's like, oh, so I didn't build the thing to scale and stuff, and people are going to listen listen to this episode and be like, what are you talking about, Chris? This is like a fully thought out, planned, just just as long and thought out episode about a demo of a game than uh, that's not even out than a regular like any regular episode. I, I well, assure you. <laughs> for for what it's worth, though, I mean, it's a lot easier to plan something like this as opposed to to a regular sort of full fat episode, but I appreciate it. Uh, and I'm glad to have you here because I mean, you're uniquely suited to talk about this demo with me for several reasons, not the least of which being you're a working game developer, but you're also of course a highly embedded comics fan. And you actually first got to try Iron Man VR out quite Mm. a while ago, right? Mm -hmm. I sure did. Yes. Well, tell me about that. So, it's a really weird thing thing. I mean, it's not weird, but it's weird for me. I, I normally am not a person that gets to or seeks out going to comic book conventions unless they're local ones. You know, I'm here in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and we have a couple that happen, um, you know, before the pandemic stuff. I don't know if when people are listening to this, but but uh, we have some conventions around here and I, but I don't really get to go out to like Emerald city comic con or, or San Diego or anything like that. But, um, right around when, uh, Todd Phillips Joker came out, uh, October, 2019, I actually got to go to New York and attended the New York comic con, uh, for Batman on film. So me and Peter Vera and Eric Kultzman, uh, you know, they, they're, they're New York, New Jersey, you know, guys, but, but I got to go and hang out with them and see Joker and cover New York comic con. And, uh, it was like the Batman beyond 20th anniversary. So I got to interview Kevin Conroy and Andrea Romano, like all these people and do all this like press junket stuff, which was awesome to be able to do. And, uh, you know, a big convention, it's not only a big convention experience, but just getting to cover it like as a member of the press was just, you know, I just got to geek out the whole time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but one of the things that they had there is, you know, it's, it's an opportunity. And also being a game developer, I don't, haven't really been to too many like game trade shows. I've always wanted to go to E3. And, you know, if you're a game person, you might know that E3 won't, or maybe never will be this, what it used to be. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. but I've always wanted to go to a big, like, Oh, this is where the games are getting announced and stuff like that. Or where, this is where you can play games that aren't, um, that haven't been released yet or are still in development and everything. And as a game developer, it's, it's, it's not just the cool factor of like, Ooh, I get to play this early, but, um, and I didn't really realize this at the time, but it's interesting to be able to play something before, uh, before it's released, even before there's a, like a public downloadable demo, like what we're about to talk about, because I can you know, compare and contrast what they might've changed or how development has come along and everything. And VR is a really interesting format where, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of iteration and figuring out what works and what doesn't work, depending on the game you're making and the platform you're on and stuff like that. But um, that long winded explanation is just to say that I, at on the show floor there, they, um, PlayStation had a really big presence and they had 
demos for both the upcoming Avengers game and Iron Man VR. And I was at New York Comic Con like the whole time, but it was really hard to get in to play these demos. Uh, they You couldn't even really stand in line to play them because uh, what they ended up doing was you had to like reserve a spot to play the things with the PlayStation experience app and the slots to get into the demo were only available from a certain time, like starting at a certain time. And so I tried to just walk up there and be like, Hey, can I play? They're like, no, you have to go on the app. I'm like, Oh, and so like the next day I had to, I was in like a panel trying to listen, watch, listen to Jim Lee and Dan DiDio talk about DC comics, but I'm really looking at my phone. Like, okay, the window for Iron Man VR demo is almost open. So I can, and then it like, was like, okay, it's like 10 o'clock or whatever. The next slots are going to open and then boom, they're all, it's like a weird lottery and they all just all disappear immediately. So, sure. So there's like a few more times during that day or the next day, even where I was like, really trying to be like, guys, I really have to, <laughs> I really want to play one, one of these games there. There was a, I know I was trying to get in anything to play. Um, so I wasn't able to play um, Avengers, although I was able to stand behind some people and watch them and look at, look at somebody play the whole demo. I could kind of get it right. But, uh, but VR, but the one I really wanted to play, of course, was Iron Man VR because you can't just look at a screen and get it right. Um, there's a whole nother level of interactivity. So I was able to actually get a slot to go in and play Iron Man VR. And it was cool. It's like, it, it almost felt like, um, like that scene in, in Jingle All the Way, where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets like shoved into the Turbo Man suit, and he's not exactly sure what's going on, and it's like super fast, and they put the stuff on your head. That's what it was like because they were like shoving people like in and out of that thing like so fast. Like, okay, 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 you're playing Marvel VR. Oh, you're on the app. You know, you know what's going on. You, you're a, you're a PlayStation man. Like, you know, because once they got to talking to me, they were like, oh, this guy. <laughs> for I must have said or done something that they were like, this guy knows what knows what he's doing or whatever, and they just kind of slapped the headset on me and they like wiped the, the controller, the move controllers down, they handed them to me and everything. And, but it's a loud trade show. Right. And, you know, trying to hear somebody, you've got a headset on, you've got the headphones on, there's a loud comic con going on and there's a PlayStation representative, like telling you, okay, here's the controls. This is what you do. Blah, blah, blah. You're Iron Man. All that is like, was, was crazy. But, the experience that I've had so far of being able of playing a, a decent amount of and a decent variety of PlayStation VR games was enabled me to get the most I think I could have gotten out of that demo in under the circumstances of playing it. Um, so, it, uh, which is I think uh, you know based off of what your your commentary has been so far, I think is like a it was a testament to how how passionate i think this developer is on getting the experience right that even with all that chaos of how quickly i was able to jump in and just feel like iron man basically Mm -hmm. um so the the demo that i played it was that it was the same level as in the the current demo you can download right now it was just the the malibu like training area and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um some of the controls i think were a little different like the i don't think that they're if it was there, they didn't tell me or I didn't find out they, they didn't have the, uh, there's like a button right now that you can like press to that just stops you wherever you are stop in midair. So you can kind of reorient yourself like that. They didn't have that. Um, some of the 
flight controls were maybe a little bit more imprecise or I think, and I, and there weren't all the, like all the moat, like, um, like the missiles and stuff, everything wasn't really available. They just really focused on the, the hands, the hand blasts and the, uh, you know, the flight, the movement and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but it was definitely enough to kind of fly around and feel like you're Iron Man and, uh, a little bit, a little bit less polished, of course, but, uh, but, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like a whole nother little layer of polish on top of that, uh, compared to what I played, um, just yesterday playing the, playing the new demo. Yeah, of course. Well, um, so, well, let's talk about the new demo. Um, you've already identified a couple of differences that you were able to sort of glean between the last one that you tried and this one. Um, let's just start, I guess, talking about, sort of the story elements that they, that they talk that uh, the, the new demo showed off, you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's the, the training segment to familiarize you with the locomotion, but then it goes into sort of an interactive cutscene before it uh, tosses you in to try and save an airplane. And in a scene that yeah. seems kind of ripped in a good way, uh, this isn't a, a pejorative or anything, but in a good way, it seems kind of ripped from Iron Man three. And mm-hmm. this is, conceivably the start of the full experience but um mm-hmm. what are your impressions of the widely available demo now that you've uh, played it so uh, overall i i thought you know there's there's a it's, it's a little rough around the edges and and i'm and i and i'm a little worried that uh, of of the combat story balance getting a little repetitive mm-hmm. for, but that's just like an early like like that i might play the full game and it'd be fine like in terms of the i'm just interested it, it's not it's not like oh this is going to turn out this way but it's more in my opinion it's just like boy i there's like they throw a lot at and i think this is on purpose they throw a lot at you in this demo so you can get like the full like gamut of this is all the stuff that you can that the game can kind of offer and I'm 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 very curious to see how balanced that stuff is throughout the game, like in terms of flying versus story versus cutscene versus you know teaching you new moves and stuff like that. Um, so, but there's a lot of great elements in in it, and VR is also one of those m- things I think where you not only have to you have to be kind of a special person uh to to you have to be pretty devoted to vr right now i think um to get the full experience out of it i mean some games are really pick up and play but this is i think a game where getting the full experience of flying around and everything that's something that it's it's like it's like there's somewhat of a learning curve like a big i would say fairly big learning curve i mean even in your um your discussion about it when you talked about like figuring out the controls and um, it's, it's one of those things where the more you play, the better you'll get at it. And the more you'll under be able to work with and around the limitations of the VR as a platform, Mm -hmm. uh, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I I felt that way too. Uh, I mean, I've played a fair amount of VR games since I've owned a PSVR. I've had it now for about, mm, a little over three years. So I didn't get it quite on launch, but relatively close. Mm-hmm. And um, the the controls are always like sort of hit and miss. I mean, I talked about, well, that's probably too much of a generalization, but I talked in the um, sort of impressions earlier about how 
a game like Farpoint is something that I had a lot of heart, a lot of difficulty adjusting to, and I don't usually get nauseous. Like I, I'm fine going on the most insane roller coasters in the country and uh, <laughs> playing the majority of VR games. I loved getting in a gyroscope when I was a kid at Space Camp, but there was just something about the um, Farpoint, you know, as a first-person shooter, particularly if you're playing it with the PSVR aim controller, which has an analog stick. Using the analog stick in concert with turning my head while I wasn't able to actually move my legs to move around just broke something. Yeah, yeah. The that I think that the turning and and moving in sp- moving your virtual legs when they're not really moving is probably the one of the biggest things that um, people generally have issues with. Some people I've talked to like are like, I don't care, I can do whatever, and I'm fine. And some people are like, No, I just get uh, super sick. Uh, similar to you, I. I haven't played Farpoint, uh, although it's on my long list of games that I would love to play at some point. Oh, yeah. But I, but that happened. Um, uh, that ha- the only time that happened to me was was playing uh, Robinson the Journey VR, and oh, it was yeah. the ex- okay. and it, it's it's fun and it's got a cool setup. But it was the exact same thing where they they uh, I think they start you off, and and that's the thing too. A lot of these VR games, Iron Man included, they give you a lot of options. They probably start you off in the. Uh, not the most restricted, but closer to that in terms of the control. And you really kind of have to tweak it to your own personal preference of, of how comfortable you are as both a gamer and as a VR player. And sure. you have to find that you, it's kind of up to the player to find that balance and, you know, accessibility in games is a big topic right now and having all the options is good. But in that particular, this is a tangent, but in that particular Robinson, the journey game, uh, they just let you walk around, you know, turn around and move and, and look one way or while you're walking another. And that totally made me sick as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you know, uh, I think in the comic book realm, Batman Arkham VR, I think is one of the, the best, uh, not just one of the best VR experiences, but one of the best Batman game experiences I've ever played. And a lot of the, of that was how well the controls worked with the, the way the VR, um, is set up and and I see a lot of those kind of that same kind of pedigree going on with Iron Man VR um, and I hope that it's one of those things where the more you play the more the better you get at the game and the game kind of keeps up with that pace as you play it um, and I've seen that happen in some other VR games like uh, like Blood and Truth is really I think really good for that and uh, and Resident Evil Seven is probably the most one of the most intense uh, AAA like that's probably the, that's probably the best VR game I think that you could get if you're one of the like core gamers like if you just like playing Resident Evil games like Resident Evil Seven VR is like amazing so so I mean I'm interested to see just the full game experience of, of Iron Man VR you know that's one of the biggest questions I had the whole time was just. Um, Ever since the game was announced, I got super excited and pre-ordered it as fast as I could, and uh, because I'm really curious about about the story elements, because I I liked Arkham VR so much, and I'm hoping that they can nail some of the the way the story works with with the controls and the flight and the, the feeling like Iron Man, so it doesn't feel like just a tech demo, but it feels like a nice balance of everything. Well, honestly, that's one of the things that surprised me about this demo is that I was basically expecting a tech demo. And instead, mm-hmm. what I thought I got was an actual, real demo for a real game that was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was, 
I loved Arkham VR. I still do. I mean, the, I shared on Twitter the other day that my quarantine cardio workout usually just considering <laughs> target range in uh, in the Batcave for Arkham VR. Oh, so fun! Yeah, and it's great, but there is not a, an abundance of meat to it. For what it does, it does it uh, remarkably well in, in terms mm-hmm. of putting you into that really excellently realized vision of Gotham City that only Rocksteady can create. I and I mean, it, experiencing Batman's origin in first person was just chilling. There's no way around that. You, I mean, you got to see the grime in Joe Chill's teeth, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing that I'm very, very encouraged about when it comes to Iron Man is that, first of all, the character is probably the one of the best suited to a translation to virtual reality, just by the very nature of what his quote-unquote gimmick is you know yeah you put on a helmet (laughs) and you look around like as soon as you play the game and you see the hud come up all the tropes from the films just kind of come to life if you've only seen the films too like if you're a comic book fan it's probably or even iron man and other mediums other games or like the animated series or anything like that or you're probably like oh like all these things kind of starts to speak to each other and you put that helmet on and see that hud come up you're like oh i am iron man (laughs) Man, you know it's cool and it could have been, I feel like it could have been so easy to make this game on rails. And oh, I'm yes. really, really glad that they didn't do that. I mean, they yes. pull off excellently the idea of actual free movement. I mean, the map is, all things considered, relatively restrictive. Mm-hmm. But I saw an interview with the director of the game the other day. I think Ryan Payton is his name, where he, he said that the stuff you see in the demo is actually kind of on the smaller scale of the full size maps that are in mm-hmm. the main game. And that has me really excited. I mean, I'm certainly not expecting an open world Iron Man VR game. Mm-hmm. Like it, it should be linear and I'm totally fine with it being linear, but the idea of being able to explore, I mean, if you want to in the demo in between moments, or maybe at the, at the very end of the tutorial, you could, jet over to Tony's house and walk around the outside of it if you want to. And um, it's just got that much of an attention to detail. And considering where Iron Man has been in his previous game experiences, a couple of which I've covered before, uh, this seems to be the most natural. And it also just seems to be potentially the best one. I love the GBA game, but it is also a 2D GBA game that a lot of people classify as a Mega Man clone, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's a fun game and it's probably one of Iron Man's better games. Um, And then, of course, I covered the first movie game on this show, which uh, got close, but ended up missing the mark so terribly in a couple of really key pivotal places. Uh, So then when this comes around a new Iron Man solo VR experience. I mean, the idea of flight I mentioned before seemed like it wasn't going to translate very well, but I'm, I'm legitimately impressed by what I've seen here. Yeah. Yeah. I was too. I I just, they give you a lot, like I was saying earlier, they think they give you a lot of options and a lot of control in terms of how you interface with the game. One thing that I, that I, I don't want, want to be negative or anything but one thing that i i tried to do last night was like all those controls once you kind of get the gist of it you're like okay now i know what what now that i've played it a little bit i know what to tweak so i tried to go into the menus and 
try to, it's hard to kind of, you can't just pause the game and change the settings. You have, every time you change the settings, it like resets the entire demo and you have to go through the entire opening stuff just to see what changes you're making. And I was like, okay, I'll just, I ended up making the, like a turning radius a lot smaller and some other smoother stuff that I thought might help. And, uh, and it did in some ways, it didn't in other ways, but I'm really excited to see. Now the game has gone gold. It finally actually is going to come out. <laughs> and um, I'm excited. I'm excited as as possible to, to just to jump in and tweak the stuff so I can get through the barrier of, uh, you know, the the interface between all the controls and how you work with the game. That's one thing uh, that Resident Evil 7 was really good at. The more you know at first you're scared and you're just doing whatever you know you're really kind of learning how the game works i don't I don't think you even fire a weapon until a couple hours into the game it's kind of really kind of crazy but by the time you're done with the game you feel like a badass you're turning your head around you're shooting the weapons like you know you the the, the buttons to like do a 180 turn backwards like you're doing that stuff like crazy and you're just you're just awesome right so that's what i'm really hoping to get through like the more the more you put into this game i'm hoping the more you'll get out of it yeah, well, I think that that's very true. I mean, I don't want to give the impression that I think it's perfect because I don't. Um, but uh, I mean, the thing that probably took the longest, at least for me to acclimate to, was the controls. I mean, there's there's a couple of different ways to look at good control design in a video game, at least I think. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you agree or not. There's the one that as soon as you pick up whatever the input device is, it just feels natural. I think it disappears that, and you're just, you're just in the game. Kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the most recent game that I probably felt that for was Mario Odyssey, maybe, mm, mm-hmm. um, sure. you know, where you just kind of melt into it. I mean, Nintendo's exceedingly good at that, particularly with Mario. Yeah. Um, so with iron, but then there's the other side of it where it's not immediately apparent how a game is supposed to control but once you start to get the hang of it, as you alluded to earlier, once you spend more time with it and are kind of dedicated to to getting more out of it than than uh, just the surface level stuff, mm-hmm. it just starts to click. And that's what yeah. happened with me on on Iron Man yeah. VR, where it's like, yeah, exa- that's a, that's exactly what I'm trying to say is like you jump in, you play it, you can kind of do stuff. And I, you know, it's I felt like, you know like my mom or dad trying to play a VR game for a little bit, which, which is kind of a weird feeling. But then the more you play, you're like, Oh, okay, I get it. Now I know what to change. And mm-hmm. that, that depth thing, my, my trendy new example for that is uh, about the depth of control. A good control, I guess would be the, 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 the recent uh, final fantasy seven remake. That's, that's oh, got yeah. a really, it's got a really amazing combat system, but if you just go around, and start put- mashing buttons, you're, it's not going to be as effective as if you like learn the systems and know what you're doing and figure out, Oh, this character is good for this or the long range or short range or powers like it, it gets really rewarding the more you play the game and mm-hmm. and uh, i think that's definitely an element here of iron man and hopefully all this all that's going on all this fun backdrop stuff is happening with like story and and feeling like you're iron man yeah i mean um the idea of using the flight stabilizers to get where you want to go i mean i don't know why at the beginning when i played it it wasn't immediately obvious to do exactly what I would end up doing later on, where I basically put my hands in the opposite direction I want to move, you know? So if I want to go straight down, I push my hands straight up and and fire the flight stabilizers or, 
you know, vice versa or left and right. And the first thing that I think was really difficult for me to get a, a handle on, particularly in the advanced combat challenge was the strafing combat, because it's not just left and right strafing. It's also up, down, like Northeast, Northwest, uh, kind of strafing in a fully 3d environment. And, um, you know, realizing the ability to do that didn't come as naturally as it probably should have, considering how well I know Iron Man in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, you know, I, I it wasn't until I I haven't even tried it myself. It wasn't even until I read your description that I was like, oh, you, maybe I can strafe. I, I didn't play. I didn't. I didn't strafe laterally like at all when I was playing. And I was like, oh, I guess I could have tried to <laughs> try doing that. So that's definitely one of those things where it's like, oh, okay. The more you play, you'll more you'll you should, hopefully will figure these things out. And the game has this like. I will say like the game has a lot of uh, pretty seamless like UI to try to make it both feel like your Iron Man, but also to kind of keep you keep you constrained to what the VR needs for it to work properly. Sure. Right. So like the headset has like a little graphic of Iron Man and it's showing where his hands are so that your hands are. So you know where you're pushing or where the game thinks your hands are. So you, so if it's doing it wrong, if the game messes up, you know, that's messed up, you can reset yourself or whatever. Um, There's a, just to check that kind of stuff out. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff that's going on too, that I thought was really smart. Like the, like the game even has like a special icon that comes up if it thinks the, headset cord is wrapped around you and stuff like that. I don't think I've seen that in any, any other game. So, and they've got like some arrows that'll pop up if you're not facing towards the PlayStation camera and stuff. So there's a lot of really good things in it that are trying to make sure that it can be unobtrusive, but keep you in the right physical space to play the game properly. I thought that was really neat. Absolutely. And um, I mean, the idea of, and that stuff was certainly not in the New York Comic Con demo. Sure. Oh, yeah. I could imagine like the smaller quality of life stuff. Yeah. Well, um, at least with the flying, last night when I tried playing this again, I um, I did a little bit of not really an experiment, but I just kind of tried a different tact because normally when I play it, just so I don't have to be moving my head around and risk the camera not seeing a tracking light when I need it to see it. Uh I, I don't typically like move my head fully. I rely on the turn button in, in this demo to make sure that mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm facing straight ahead and that the camera can see where my moves are and where the headset is at all times. But mm-hmm. I did try flying around without using the turn buttons in the early going of the tutorial. Mm-hmm. And it does work well. Like it, it's, it's certainly so, functional. So you can like, I was, I'm curious to see if this was your experience. So when you're flying, you can look up and down and it will kind of follow your trajectory. But I don't think the left and right does that because I, because I'm be like boosting and go for and going forward. And I think this is intentional. I can boost and go forward and I can like look to my right or left as I'm flying and you're still going in that same forward direction, almost Correct. like you're, you're, you're Iron Man flying in the sky and you're moving around. Like, and I think it's a, it's a testament to how well this works in flight where the first two, like after I completed that demo, I was like, man, this is awesome. You know what else I want the studio to do? I want them to make a Metroid game <laughs> for a, for a Nintendo VR that doesn't exist. And I want them to make a Superman VR game so I can fly around a Superman. Cause that would be awesome. Yeah, too. Like, I was like, come cool. on. 
I, I was one of the unfortunate souls that tried the Justice League VR experience. You know, I have that downloaded and I still haven't tried it out. So I, I mean, kind of wonder. The Superman part isn't bad, but none of it is great. And like when I tried to actually get some of the, I think they're just in-game achievements. I don't think there's right. actually supported trophies for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a mess. It's, it is mm-hmm. not like if you try too hard, then you're putting way more energy into it. I think than the, the devs were given to mm-hmm. budget for the creation of the game. That The budget thing I think is probably you hit the nail on the head there. I think that is the difference between justice league VR being, being a, um, a free downloadable promotional oh, tie-in. That's versus- the thing. It wasn't free. It was 10 yeah. Oh, so maybe I did pay ten dollars for it. Well, it was on. It was on other. It was on multi-platform stuff too. Like it was on like iPhones and things like that too. So, but it was it was created as more of a quicker promotional thing versus Iron Man VR, which is like a, uh, you know, it's PlayStation VR exclusive, correct? And it's like backed by Sony. Like Sony Interactive is like you know, f- part of the development of this. Just just like um with Marvel Spider-Man and Marvel's Avengers and everything like they're really trying to, to make it a good quality product and they're giving them the time and the money to, to do it. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I only draw that comparison because, you know, Superman in VR does sound pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, so far the fully realized version of that has mm. managed to disappoint. And the Batman portion of the justice league demo is probably the most disappointing because you would think that driving the Batmobile would be, kind of a, a hit the nail on the head VR moment, but not, right. not if you, if that's your only indication, but to your earlier sort of question, when it comes to turning your head for flying in Iron Man, it cannot be accomplished just by turning your head. You also have to pivot your palms mm. uh, so that you can. Oh, I see. So I right, never yeah. did that. I only ever used the the turn buttons to like turn right or left. I didn't try to do that with with my palms. To, to Which you turn. can do. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you wanted to just have something more seamless where you didn't have the judder of the turn button. I mean, you can play Iron Man by actually turning your body in 360 degree fashion, which is probably why they mm-hmm. have that notification about being tangled up in the cord. Right. Uh, I think it's more comfortable to play it stationary while using the turn buttons. But if you are the more animated sort and you have (laughs) an effective cable management system where it's not going to get tied up around you, and that's certainly something that I could do better with, uh, the infrastructure in the game is there to be able to encourage that among its players. Now, I don't know if... um, if you would run into issues kind of like what I alluded to before where the, the camera would lose track of a move controller in particular, it probably wouldn't lose track of the headset, but I can see a move controller being lost by mm-hmm. playing the game that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, but that became really apparent to me in the combat challenge because I tried playing the combat challenge. I can't even tell you, like maybe, I went to, so I started playing the demo. I think the first night I started it at like 1030 uh, on a Saturday night. And um, I didn't go to bed until quarter to three. And is because I kept <laughs> trying the combat. Oh, I know that feeling you get sucked into the VR and it's, and it when it's good. You're, and you just, that's the, and, and the fact that you're saying this about the demo, it makes me really excited about the game. When, when, yeah. 
you're having a little bit of push and pull with the game with the controls, but it's it's actually so well made that you want to keep that relationship going to get better right. at it. You want to you want to put in what you can to so you can experience all the game has to offer. And I think that's really crucial for a VR game. And just the fact that, you know, we're comic book nerds and stuff, right? Like that's kind of the relationship we have with comics too. Like the more you do, the more you delve into, you might read a couple issues of something, but like, Oh, if you read, yeah, you read that weird Grant Morrison, you know, Batman issue. But if you read the omnibus, then you'll really get the full experience like this. You know, it's kind of like the same kind of thing, but, but for VR, it's kind of a weird comparison, but if you're the kind of nerd, like we are, that's done a lot of that stuff. (laughs) I think you'll probably get it. It was, no, it's so true. But I mean, so when I had that long night, it was because I was unsuccessfully finishing the combat challenge, but (laughs) the game design was good enough. At least it was apparent to me that it was good enough because it seemed like it wasn't a problem with the game. It was a problem with me. Like I just haven't Mm. figured it out yet. That Mm. has to be the case. This can't be as ridiculously difficult as it seems. Mm -hmm. So after a good night's rest, and getting up <laughs> and trying it again and being a little bit more animated. That's when I learned how critical strafing is to the combat because it's almost de- like, Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but it's almost like, it's almost like you're Tony Stark as Iron Man and you're flying through the levels and you're like, Oh man, that armor didn't really do what I wanted it to last night. Let me get another go with this and see if I can calibrate the stuff and make it better. Let's like what you, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, so the the next day, that's when I started uh, giving the strafing more of an active try. And Camouflage, the developer, and uh, Hometown Pride, by the way, because they're from Seattle. So uh, big love to them just on that basis by itself. But um, that's when it became clear to me that they really have oriented at least the combat that we saw in this demo around the idea of strafing in the 3D space because they've tailored the energy projectiles to move at a very particular speed where if you try to just kind of go up or down while also firing your repulsors or the missiles at, I think, the bigger drones, I think they're called spiders, uh, you're going to get hit. You have to move out of the way one way or the other. And then there's the bigger drone that has an energy shield and i can't remember exactly what it was called it was like a ghost or something something yeah something like that or maybe you're i don't know why i'm thinking of raptor but um Hmm. like it it gets the uh it it charges up this big energy blast to just pound the crap out of you and that's where i had a lot of really bad struggles in my first time trying the combat challenge it took me a while to realize okay wait for it to line up the shot Then as it's lining up the shot, fly in sort of a straight circle and get around it because while it's firing that shot, if you are facing it on its side, just open up with your repulsors and you can probably take it down in one go because it was those Mm -hmm. things that kept killing me on my first try. (laughs) And once I realized that and the Unibeam, I haven't even mentioned the Unibeam yet, but I was kind of- I don't even know if I use that. I don't even think I got that. Yeah, well, you. I didn't get to. I didn't get. I didn't even get. I didn't. I've only played it once through that challenge, and I only. I didn't get to wave five. I only got to wave four. Okay, yeah. So that's where I was too, and I kept getting killed on wave four. But um, the Unibeam was there because if you look in the in the HUD, it's charging it up over the course of defeating all of the drones through the first four waves, 
And I think you will have destroyed enough drones to actually get it fully at a hundred percent by wave three. So I made the mistake of using the Unibeam and it doesn't tell you how to use it. I had to go to the loading screen and flick through the tips to see actually how to <laughs> Um, so once I got to wave four with that, uh, the energy drone, I would open up the Unibeam, but then in wave five, you have to destroy three of those things in addition to several spiders and tons of ads in the forms of the, the most basic drones. So it, it dawned on me after playing it so many times, okay, I have to save the Unibeam for the last wave. That's the only way I'm going to get this under the time limit. Mm, mm-hmm. So uh, once I figured out how to destroy the uh, the energy shield drones with just the repulsors, that allowed me to then save the Unibeam up for the final wave and just unload it. So when you activate it, um, you hit the on, on the move controllers. It's the and I don't have the layout right in front of me, but it's the two top corner buttons uh, on the left move controller. It's the top right corner. And on the right move controller is the top mm, left corner. Mm-hmm. So you hit both of those at the same time with 100% charged Unibeam. It lets loose and you just guide where you want it to go. Like you don't have to move your hands or anything. Just move your head and move up and down and it'll just lay waste to everything in front of you. And uh, that was a really pivotal moment for me to learn exactly how to finish the combat challenge. And I was amazed when I was on the other side of it and I had finally beaten it. And since then, I've beaten it, I don't know, like 12 or 15 times. I can't stop playing the damn thing. Um, It was just such – like getting this sort of tactical mindset out of a full VR game experience, that's where you realize that this is not a tech demo. This is something you think through it tactically so that you can get to the other side of it. And I don't know how many people are going to be willing to – sort of put in the work that might be required in order to to get as much as you can possibly get out of it. But for my money, for doing what I did to try and figure out how to get on the other end of it, that was awesome. And mm-hmm. that's something that makes me really, really excited for the full game. Yeah, yeah. See, what you just described there is what I think, what I, I would hope the developers want would want most players to get by the time they finish the main game. But we're so darn excited to play it right now that I think you've kind of gone through a lot of those emotions <laughs> with the demo alone. So I think that that's, that speaks well uh, for the prospect of playing the full game. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive considering how, how much depth there is even in this demo. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's going to obfuscate the full amount of material and content that's in the final game, but it's certainly a good look so far. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and that's one thing I was touched on a little earlier. I think that all the time you put into the demo, you might've seen, I don't know, maybe 75 to 80% of the quote stuff you'll do in the game in terms of how the player interfaces with what's going on. But uh, the big question mark that I have is just how, how much those um, more of those, story sections interact with it because that we haven't talked a whole lot about that stuff yet, but, but I love that stuff there. I mean, just to make a comparison to, to to Arkham VR, when it gradually introduces you to the game and then you lower into the Batcave and you put on the Batsuit, you feel like Batman. 
the the equivalent moment in this demo is so good where you have to like jump out of the airplane you're flying like in the clouds and then pieces of the just like in some of the movies like pieces of the suit fly to you and you're Mm -hmm. like fly but you still have to be like you're still falling in midair and you're using parts of the suit before you're fully Iron Man and stuff, and you get one hand and the second hand, and then you get the helmet, and then you or the then you get the chest, then you get the helmet. Like that, that stuff is so cool. It's a really great moment that really makes you feel like you're you're becoming Iron Man. And I I really hope that there's like twenty more moments like that in the in the full game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and too, and this doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the content of the game as much as just the design work. The hands actually look good because. Oh, yeah. In so many VR games, it's just hands, it's like a little clock. Yeah, they look really goofy almost. And I mean, my favorite VR game really is still probably Star Trek Bridge Crew. But mm. even in that game, the hands look so awkward. But in this game, the non-gloved hands of Tony Stark actually look halfway decent. And then, of course, you know they look <laughs> great when they're actually suited up too. And it's mm-hmm. very, very much in line with the original design from the from the films. So, I mean, it makes it makes sense, right? Like, I'm sure at some point somebody was like, you know, most of the game you're looking at the guy's hands, like you don't see that's what you that is your character you're looking at the hands and i and i also bet that you know licensor on marvel was like got you've got to make the hands look look like iron man's hands you know <laughs> you got to make it look good right and i think that's that's where that relationship can be a, a a good thing is where it feels it feels right feels accurate yeah yeah the demand of some additional polish i mm-hmm. mean even even bad comic book games usually, at least in the modern era, usually have a degree of visual polish to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, I think you're right. I think that that's something that they clearly paid attention to. Um, well, when it comes to sort of final thoughts, when you have to sort of boil it down to what your own preferences are when it comes to VR gaming and how this sort of looks in checking the boxes for you, Mm-hmm. Where do you think the demo falls and and how has this altered your expectations, if at all, for the final game? I don't think that's altered my expectations at all. The Whenever this game was announced, it had a whole lot of speculation and the, the typical internet, how how good could this really be? Like, oh, I don't know, Iron Man VR, but mm-hmm. but yeah. uh but I you know, I've been around the block with this stuff both as a game developer and as a uh VR gamer and as a um <laughs> comic book superhero gamer to 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 kind of keep your expectations in check, but also on the other hand, I was like this game's going to be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, right. I, I, it's one of those things that we, we've, we've, we've touched on it a lot in this conversation about, I, I think at the end of the day, you're going to get out of this game, what you put into it. And that's kind of what I anticipated it to be um, before I even played it. And I, and I got that feeling a, a little bit more when I played, played it the early demo in New York comic con. And I got that and that really uh, hammered home for me when I played this demo, um, so I, there's a lot of cool moments in it and I can't wait to just really have a, have another VR game to kind of dive into. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I in a weird way, I think it's made me, made, maybe even more excited for it because 
for a long time it was like, oh yeah, that game's coming out and everything, everything going on in the world right now, it's easy to, you know, get bogged up, bogged down with that. Um, But now I'm, you know, reminded again like oh yeah this is a real thing it's really coming out it's it's time to get excited for this and uh i mean i honestly i was not even going to play the demo because i'm kind of guy that like doesn't really even like to watch a a bunch of movie trailers before a movie and this and this is something where i i already played the demo at at the comic con i was like okay that's enough for me Uh, you know just because that was a cool fun thing i don't need to play this demo especially when the game's about to come out but then but then they said that oh if you get the demo you'll get a bonus suit in the game and then you, then when you invited me on the show i was like okay i'll play the demo <laughs> you really pulled my pull my hands there like so um but yeah i'm excited it's it's uh i'm excited for it now yeah 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 me me too i mean clearly i th- i think i've expressed that i'm excited for the full game and i'm just generally impressed with the with the depth of this demo but also too i mean in the run-up to the release of Spider-Man, it seemed like mm. Marvel was starting to push forward the idea that maybe there will be an interactive universe to sort of complement the fact that there's a cinematic universe. Mm. And, you know, Avengers seems like it's throwing that totally to the side, which is really disappointing mm. to me. Granted, a, an interactive universe might be more difficult to... Uh, to manage even than a cinematic one because I can assure you that it would be. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, of course movies have their own individual design elements too, that then have to be pushed forward or iterated upon in, in movies that are led by other directors and creative teams. But for games, I mean, the worlds are built from the ground up. That being said though, if Avengers is not going to be part of sort of a shared universe, I kind of, find myself really hoping that the Iron Man that we see here is in the same world as the Spider-Man we saw before. Mm -hmm. Um, It just seems like, you know, both of the games are kind of hands off enough. Spider-Man of course had a lot of uh, really interesting and fun Easter eggs peppered around New York. You know, you could find the Wakandan embassy and the Sanctum Sanctorum and and Avengers tower of course is in there. Uh, You can find alias investigations if you looked hard enough, but um so there were, that doesn't really uh, impact too much the fact that, you know, Spider-Man and this Iron Man could be if they wanted it to be. And Josh Keaton as Tony Stark is really solid. Like Josh Keaton, in my mind, as a superhero fan, I think of as Spider-Man and I think of as Green Lantern. But I really liked his performance from what, what I heard in this because he's not just trying to do a Downey impression. The writing kind of tries to get to that, but so many times when you see Iron Man represented in other media, it's someone trying to do a Downey impression. Right. And with, with Keaton, it doesn't seem like that at all. You know so, what? Yeah, he, he it kind of eases you into it in this game. And for me, not experiencing all of the Marvel games and Iron Man stuff that you have, I was a little bit more on the side of like, oh, you know, they're just trying to evoke um downy but it did but it it also doesn't beat you over the head with it and compare in the compared to the avengers game where all of the social media replies were like oh it's the you know this the looks like they got all the stunt doubles for the avengers movies and they sound weird and they're they're supposed to look like the the movie avengers but they but they're not and it's weird i think what 
this game has going for it in that regard is the fact that you don't see Tony Stark because you are Tony Stark. And I think sure. that you're, you, it, that help goes a long way in kind of more molding that character because it's an amalgamation of what you might feel as that character and he, the voice and not really seeing, seeing him. Although maybe you will in the game, maybe there'll be a moment like an Arkham VR where you're looking at a mirror or something and see yourself or see a, you know, newspaper with yourself in it or something like that. Yeah, maybe, but we also do see Pepper in this demo. And, mm-hmm. and you get, oh, I love, you know, you got to rescue Pepper out of an airplane. The yeah. moment in the demo where you like fly up to her and save her and get to grab her and move around. That was awesome. That was so fun. Yeah. And you had to pour it on too. Like you couldn't just oh, start yeah. fly. You had to hit the boost like a couple yeah. of different times to be able to even get close enough to her to grab her. And, and, uh, and, and that there's a few moments in the game. That's one of them where, I felt like the the developers struck a really good balance between this is just on rails and you actually have to put in the work with the controls to to get there and to do that part. You sure. know, it, it's and that's a really hard balance to do in any game, even harder to do in VR. And I thought that there were there were a few moments in the game where they towed the line really nicely. So I was pretty mm. impressed by that. Yeah, yeah, I was too. And, uh, I mean, obviously the shared universe stuff, it doesn't really matter if it's a good game, then I'm going to be celebrating because I'm, I've still got PTSD from no checkpoints in the 2008 game. That is still something that bugs me. <laughs> that was your biggest nitpick in that episode, I think. Oh man, yeah. it still bugs me. I mean, and if you look at my, um, my Xbox gamer history too, I'm so close <laughs> to hundred percenting the Iron oh. Man game, but the last two difficulty based achievements are virtually impossible. Oh. So I, I, that's also just got me bitter about it. So if I have a new Iron Man gaming experience that is positive and that feels like it's just naturally well built to the, the kind of sub gaming medium that it's designed for, that's really cool. And I'm mm-hmm. uh, July 3rd can't come soon enough. I'm really excited to open this up and, uh, and see how things go. And of course, you know, we've got Avengers to look forward to, which I'm not, I'm not really on the hype train for Avengers as much as some mm-hmm. other people are. Mm-hmm. Um, the design choices seem like way too crystal dynamics, if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, as far as how the game feels, we'll see, but that'll be, I a, mean, it looked really cool, you know, in practice. Yeah. Like they're putting a lot of work and effort into the, into that game. And, and that's one of those things where it's, just because and it, as enthusiastic as I seem and am about Iron Man VR, I'm historically and traditionally a, a DC comics guy or a Batman guy. So of course, uh, but, uh, but man, the Marvel games have been so good and I, and it's yeah. so hard for me to find time to play games all the way through these days. But man, I platinum Spider-Man and yeah. I'm, I'm going to play the heck out of this game. And adventures is one that I saw and was impressed with, even with all the perceived, weirdness that that is out there about it um and it's had a few delays and things which is absolutely expected of a game with that scale and what they're trying to do with it um and you know for me that game is going to be like i'm going to forget about it and get busy and things are happening and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah avengers is out oh i can't wait to get into that and play it so yeah i you know it's not one i'm super anticipating but i'm probably definitely going to get into it when it does come oh, out. Oh, sure. And I probably will too. But I mean, you mentioned that. I mean, how Warner Brothers is it really that 
Arkham Knight comes out and is what it is. And, but for the most part, people really enjoy it mm-hmm. and they just totally go AWOL when it comes to, I, I don't know what, I don't know. This is a whole another podcast. As, yeah, uh, right. our pal yeah, Paul Herman would say, but I don't know what, what is going on there. Uh, that, you know, Rocksteady and WB Montreal have just been like, they've been working their butts off for years after yeah. Arkham Knight came out. And every time somebody says Arkham Knight's X years old, I'm like, what, what do you know? And then they look and it's like next month. See, that's insane to me. Uh, and that game was so good. That franchise is so good. It's, 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 it's crazy that it's has a life of its own. It still does even that long afterwards. I don't know. I don't know what happened with the momentum there of like, cause they had like Arkham origins and stuff. And there's a delicate balance between overkill and waiting too long for that one game. But then they just kind of stopped. And I don't know. I, I, hopefully whatever they do come, hopefully Rocksteady is making something amazing. And I, I just hope that they haven't like tried to make their dream game and then restarted it 87 times. And they're still right, kind of yeah. floundering. I really hope that's not the case. Um, you know, well, and I, it's just so weird that, at least in Rocksteady's case, they haven't announced what they're doing because so much time. Every E3 that comes out, they're like, okay, they're going to tell us what they're going to be doing this year. They're like, and they said, and no, then, and, nope. Yep. This because year. Could be- it, it, it's weird. Yeah. Well, this year, I mean, God, who knows? But it's weird <laughs> to think that, you know, Arkham City comes out in 2011 and mm-hmm. we learned about Arkham Knight in 2014. And now we are mm. five years removed as opposed to three from mm-hmm. in between games. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Arkham Knight got delayed another year or another several months. But um, mm-hmm. the silence is just really disconcerting. You would think that they would give people something to look forward to. But, hey, if, if they're going to leave a void and if Marvel is finally stepping up by realizing, hey, this is something that we now know how to put the correct resources into. Mm-hmm. then at least that's something oh, yeah I mean, yeah I, the the success of spider-man shock i think shocked a lot of people and 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 they're taking it seriously you know the sony bought insomniac yes so oh, did they? i didn't realize that they bought them outright might have to fact check me on that one but sure. I, i'm pretty sure shortly after um spider-man came out insomniac traditionally is like you know it, it they do a lot of sony stuff but they but they do their own um uh other things as well but i think they're i think they're now like sony santa monica where they're just a straight up sony studio so i think that they're making the investment of keeping that stuff going Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean it was probably a good move warners did it with rocksteady and uh it worked out for a while and maybe it still will of course but um yeah sony Sony purchased insomniac for 229 million and that was uh, that was back in this February, February 2020. Okay, all right, yeah, that makes sense. I, I probably just wasn't paying attention at that time. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, hey, it's a, it's a fine move, and um, as long as we get more comic book games, I'm satisfied. Obviously, you know, we're now on going on 14 years without a proper Superman game. Uh, so uh, something like that will come down, but that's to take nothing away from the fact that. Iron Man VR looks solid. The mm. future for Marvel games at least certainly looks very bright. And I think uh, I think you and I are both looking forward to seeing how things are going to shake out. Mm-hmm. Excellent. 
Well, Ryan, thanks for, for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Where can people find you and what do you have coming down the pike? Oh, man. So there's a lot of things I will plug here. So just me personally, you can find me on Twitter at SMB underscore Ryan. The SMB, of course, stands for the uh, the Super Mario Brothers, the movie archive website that Chris mentioned in the intro. And you can find that website on Twitter at SMB movie and on the internet internet at smbmovie.com. Uh, I'm also the emissary of uh, Batman on Films Batman Podcast Network, which that whole network you can find on Twitter at Batpod Network. And there are two new shows that have already have like four or five episodes in the can that are really great by some of our pals. Uh, and it, if you have more Batman stuff you want to listen to, uh, you can check out Ryan Lauer's Batman Book Club on Twitter at the Batman BC and uh, Eric Holtzman and Pete Vera's straight out of Gotham on Twitter at straight underscore O underscore G. Excellent. All right, Ryan. Well, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this edition of the comics on consoles backup feature. Be on the lookout for more of these mini episodes in the future and stay tuned for more information about comics on consoles next full issue. Follow the show on Twitter at Comics Consoles and do us a favor and recommend the show to your friends or leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep saving the world, gamers and comics fans.